Welcome to the Money Talk, where it doesn't matter how much money you have, it's what you do with it. I am your founder, Alexis Bertoldo. Talking about money is so taboo. I created the Money Talk so we could have a place where we could feel free to share our knowledge and experiences without judgment to help each other reach financial freedom. When you find yourself in a relationship, you often think of your future with that person. You love this person and you want to build a life with them. You may want to buy a home, get married, have kids, and grow old together. But once that honeymoon stage wears off and these important milestones become a reality, a lot of couples can find themselves in a bit of a financial pickle. Finances are the number one source of tension in relationships. According to a survey of people in relationships by SunTrust Bank, 35% of all respondents experiencing relationship stress said that money was the primary cause. And money and stress go hand in hand. A study by the American Psychological Association found that almost 75% of Americans are experiencing financial stress, and nearly 25 of them are feeling extreme financial stress. So it's no wonder that when two completely different people who might already be stressed out about money get together and combine their finances, they might start to stress out a little bit more. So I have created a list of a couple tips on how to manage money in relationships. Tip number one, and by far the most important tip, is to talk about money. Get financially naked. When you are in the dating stage and you feel like your relationship might be worthy of making it to the serious stage, it is so important to discuss your views of money, your money goals, and your plans to reach those goals. Debt should not be a deal breaker, but honesty and behavior should be. So make sure that you take into account not just what your partner says, but how they act when money is involved. It's very important to be aware of financial incompatibility from the beginning. If your spending habits and your saving habits or your money goals differ drastically from your partner in a way that you feel might really affect your relationship negatively in the long run, then maybe you should consider whether or not you want to continue dating them. For instance, if you're dating someone who you realize is an extreme spender, they have a shopping problem, and you're more frugal to the point where You don't think that that aligns with your goals in life, that you feel like that could really be a problem down the line because you have money goals that you want to hit. And with this person spending the way that they spend, you don't think that that's going to line up with your goals. Then maybe that is something that you should consider. So if you guys do make it past the dating phase and you realize that your significant other is someone that you could live with or marry, it's it's serious. You want this person in your life then it is important to graduate to full frontal financial nudity. We're not talking about simply discussing your views and goals anymore. We are talking about bearing it all. You both need to fully disclose all of your debts, your credit score, and your net worth. It's important to discuss not only what your debts, your credit score, and your net worth is, but how you came into them. Why are you in debt? Why is your credit score good or bad and why is your net worth not where it should be or you know how did you get it to be good Uh, because these are things that 
will affect your partner in the long term. If you are in debt, they're going to help you pay for that probably. If you um, have a bad credit score and you guys plan on buying a home or uh, you need a loan to create a business together, you know, those are things that you guys are going to have to work on together as a team. So it's also important to discuss how you both as a team will tackle those debts and improve your credit scores and your net worth to come up with a game plan. So once you have discussed that, it is imperative that when you're both on the same page, you set rules and limits so that you can reach those money goals together. So I have a couple of examples of that for what me and my boyfriend do. Um, So me and my boyfriend, we have a budget, like every couple should have a budget. And uh, we stick to that budget so that it can limit our spending. Uh, And it's something that is unique to every couple, every person. There are certain things that I spend money on that he doesn't. There's certain bills that I have that he doesn't. There's, um, you know, credit cards that you have to account for that, you know, are separate depending on each person. You might have a line of credit that you have to pay for. You just have to sit down and create a budget that combines both of your budgets together. So that's one um, limit that we give ourselves, and uh, which is a whole bunch of limits in one limit. You're limiting a lot of things with the budget, but anyways. Uh, another thing that we have, I guess it's more a rule than a limit, is we have a max money number of $50. So this is the maximum amount of money that we can spend without consulting the other one first. Basically, anything that's not in the budget already, obviously, we have certain things budgeted that are more than $50. We don't have to consult each other. There are things that are accounted for already in the budget. But let's say um, I have some miscellaneous money that's extra and I want to spend it on a pair of shoes that's, or no, a purse. A purse that's $120. I have to. I don't have to, but in a relationship, you should be open and honest. And I wouldn't make a big purchase without consulting with him first. And he's kind of really stylish. So I kind of run that through him anyways. So I'd be like, hey, babe, I found this purse. It's on sale. It's 120 bucks. It's usually like $300. It's beautiful. What do you think? Should I get it? And he'll be like, well, yeah, you have the money. You saved your money for that. And I think it's a a cute purse. Do it, you know? It's not about asking for permission. It's just about being open and honest because what if I just spent $120 at the strip club, you know? He would be mad about that. I just literally threw away $120 on some girl giving me a lap dance. So it's just about being open and honest so that you can have that accountability with each other. And also so that things don't pop up that you're not aware of that would cause an argument. You could be like, no, babe, remember when I told you I was going to spend $120 on that purse? You know, it's just about accountability. So also, I like to have money dates. Um, It's something that you can do weekly or I like to do at least every month, but I try to do I try to do it weekly. So on these money dates, we review our goals, our spending our plan to spend for that month and at the end of the month we like to review what we actually spent and saving to make sure that we are saving what we projected that we would save so we are still on track to meet our money goals we review kind of like our mishaps how we could improve and we also just continue to encourage each other to keep working towards our goals we remind ourselves of what our goals are actually so it's not just oh hey yeah let's save x amount of money 
just because it's like no hey we're going on this trip in september remember so how much did we put into you know how much did we save for that or um i have tuition coming up did we save enough for me to be able to pay tuition like those are things that are important so tip number two and this is something that is just brings you down a rabbit hole once you cross this line kind of it just gets worse and worse and worse so tip number two is do not commit financial infidelity just be honest about all of your accounts your cards and your purchases hiding money or purchases from your significant other is wrong any concealment is the equivalent of a lie don't be like oh well, i just didn't tell him so i'm not lying i just didn't say anything no an omission of the truth is a lie and as everyone knows lying to your partner is one of the worst things that you can do every lie is another nail in the coffin of your relationship because what healthy relationship can be built on dishonesty it, it can't so uh i came up with a way to prevent financial fidelity well i didn't come up with it i'm sure someone else did but um one way to prevent financial infidelity is to have separate play money so whether or not you both decide to have separate or joint accounts uh, that's completely up to you guys however you feel that is the easiest for you guys that's a personal decision but you should definitely allocate a certain amount of play money to do with as you please. So whether or not it's cash or like a separate checking account that you put that certain amount in there, this is money that each one of you can use, no questions asked. So this play money should be accounted for in your budget. So it's not just, you know, I'm just gonna use this money to do whatever and I don't have money to pay my bills, no. It should be accounted for in your budget every month so whatever amount of play money you spend or whatever you spend it on is okay because it's allocated for that and there will be no judgments with play money because it's literally allocated for you to eat shit with so if you like shoes and you want to buy a pair of i don't know we'll just say something ridiculous a 200 dollar pair of high heels with your play money that you've saved up and that's you know, it's allocated for you to eat shit with. That's your prerogative. Your man cannot get mad at you for buying those shoes. And, you know, vice versa. If your partner likes sports and he wants to buy tickets to a game, um, that's fine. You know, you can't be mad at that. His play money is for him to play with as, as however he sees fit. So as long as your play money is budgeted for and you do not spend more than what is allocated, you can do what you wish. I mean, and... Like I said previously, anything that's a big purchase, I would run it by my partner first. But just know that, tell them, you know, I, this is my play money and I'm going to spend it on this. What do you think? You know, they can't tell you no because it's your play money, but just run it by them. So play money, I feel like, will really alleviate the need to hide, you know, purchases that you feel like your partner might not approve of, like a $200 pair of shoes. And um, will prevent you from hiding money to create those purchases or you feel like, you know, you have to hide your money from your partner because you don't want them to know where it's going. If you have your separate checking account, whatever, you spend your money on what you want to spend your money on. So um, tip number three, do not hold a higher income over the other one's head. So for most couples, one of them probably makes more than the other and sometimes they make significantly more than the other you know maybe 
you're a stay-at-home mom and your husband just, you know, brings in the bank or the other way around, a stay-at-home dad and your wife is, you know, a career woman. So instead of seeing the full pot as our money, you might think that you have leverage over the other person if you make more. And sometimes the partner bringing in the most money can feel even entitled to the most say, but that's just asking for more money and more relationship troubles. On the other hand, the partner that makes less can probably feel like they are not entitled to their money or may not have a say in how it is handled. So they will be less willing to participate in the money discussion. This can definitely end up harboring feelings of uselessness and even resentment. You never want to feel that way or make your partner feel that way because it's not yours or mine. It's ours. There's no reason to hold a higher income over the other one's head. You are on the same team. So start acting like it. Speaking of teams, that brings me to tip number four for handling money and relationships. Work as a team. Now, usually in a relationship, the one that is better, I'm air quoting right now, better with money than the other one is the one that handles the money, um, such as paying bills, allocating to savings, investing, handling the budget. But research has actually found that when couples place financial responsibility on one partner, the person who tended to take the responsibility for finances was the person who hated it the least and who was doing less other stuff for the relationship. That's pretty scary. Like just because you hate something less than the other person doesn't mean that you're better at it. And the idea that the finances are just left to whoever isn't doing anything else seems not very thought through. Plus, this is not the proper way to do things as a team. Both people in the relationship need to participate in handling the money. Both people need to know what is going on and both opinions need to be taken into account. You can designate one person to take the lead if they are actually better with money, but you need to work together. So one reason that one person handling the money usually doesn't work in the long run is the need for balance. If only one of you are handling the finances, then the other one's strengths are not being put to use. So. If one of you is the saver or is more conservative and the other one is the spender or the risk taker, usually the spender is the more of the risk taker, the creative one, then even though the saver sounds like the more logical one to handle your finances, that might not be the case. The risk taker is usually the more creative one, so they might be able to think outside of the box to cut things out of your budget or to earn more money so that there is more money left over for what you need and want to spend it on. The spender might also have a higher risk tolerance, so they might be the more logical choice to handle your investments. If you are young and the saver is too risk averse to allocate money into riskier, more rewarding investments. Now, another reason one person handling the money is not a good idea is because it can cause a rift in your relationship. Having one person in charge can definitely cause unwanted tension. The one that is not in charge might feel like they have to ask permission, like they have to ask mommy and daddy to use their money, or like they cannot voice their opinions on money matters since they have seemingly been deemed unfit to handle it. This could definitely cause frustration long term. 
Or the one who is in charge of the money might feel entitled to more money and more say since they are the one handling everything. That is not how a relationship works. You guys are a team and you should act as such. Now, one final reason one person should not handle all of the finances by themselves is because with great power comes great responsibility. When you allow your partner to take on all of the financial responsibility, you are giving them permission to do as they wish. Sometimes it does go well, but other times the partner handling the finances can really mess it up. They could rack up credit card debt or uh, not pay bills on time or not pay off loans or uh, they don't save what you think that they will be saving. They don't invest what you think that they should be investing and that is not okay. However, when you hand the reins over completely to the other partner, you are just as at fault for what happens with your finances as they are. Feigning ignorance is not justification. Also, when you give one partner free reign to do as they wish with your money, then they may even stop consulting with you about money decisions altogether and leave you totally in the dark. Side note, financial secrecy can lead to much larger cases of infidelity. I've heard of several cases where one partner handled all of the finances completely and the other was totally unaware that the handler had racked up massive debt or had an affair or even had a whole nother child that they even paid child support for because they were so uninvolved with the finances for so long that they never found out. If they had just taken a look at the bank statements or, you know, just been at least a little involved, they would have noticed that these things were occurring. You should never be so out of the loop that you allow crazy things like these to occur without your knowledge. You should never be out of the loop at all. You should always want to know what's going on with your money as a team and you should be involved. A fifth tip on managing money in relationships is to discuss a prenup. Now, I'm sure that many of you are aware of what a prenup is, but I'm just going to go over it real quick. A prenup is a contract that a couple signs before they get married to figure out their finances in case of divorce or death. So, contrary to popular opinion, prenups are not just for the rich. More and more regular people are opting for prenuptial agreement these days. So there's many reasons why a couple might want to get a prenup. So I just gathered a list of what I think are some of the more um, common reasons why a couple would want to get a prenup. So the first reason is that one of them has been married before. So if you've been married before, you probably have assets or liabilities from that previous marriage and you want to keep that separate. You don't want to bring that into this marriage. Another reason is that one or both of the partners have previous children from previous relationships or from a previous marriage. So if there is divorce or God forbid one of them dies, that that child or those children are taken care of financially. Another reason is that one of them is much wealthier than the other. Obviously they would want to protect their assets. Another reason is that one of the people has a lot more debt than the other so they might not want to pass that debt on to their partner and obviously their partner probably doesn't want that debt passed on to them they want to keep it separate 
Another reason is that one or the other or both are small business owners or entrepreneurs. So in that case, they would want a prenup to protect their business in case of divorce or death. Uh, They might also want to pursue a prenup if they want to ensure their finances and marriage stays private. Now, this reason is probably more for wealthy people or I would say even more so for just famous people. A lot of times, famous people will have a clause in their prenup that discusses keeping, uh, I would say, kind of like a closed lid on their finances. Their partner is not allowed to discuss their finances, what they spend on, where their assets are. That's just a part of the prenup. It's a clause in the prenup. Uh, Another reason that a couple might opt to have a prenup is that they were engaged for a very short period of time. This is an obvious one. If you were engaged for a short period of time, you might feel like this is the one for you, but you just want to protect yourself just in case. And another good reason why a couple might want to get a prenup is one person doesn't work or doesn't plan to work. So if one of you stays at home with the kids, you might want to get a prenup because you know, one of you is earning money and the other one isn't. So you want to make sure that your assets that that you have earned hardcore your income is safe in case that anything does happen. So ultimately, whether or not you get a prenup is up to the both of you. You two have to sit down and discuss your situation and just figure out what is best for your particular situation. However, I do highly suggest exploring the option because really, what harm can it do to explore? So my sixth and final tip for managing money in relationships is do not let your kids run the show. I know that not all couples have children, but if you do, do not let them run things. It is your castle. It is so easy to just buy your child something when they ask for it. We all want to spoil our children and give them all of the things that we never had when we were growing up. But that is the wrong way to behave when taking into account your financial futures, all of your futures. It is okay to buy your child things, but make sure that you budget for that. Do not, I repeat, do not put yourself into debt because your child wants the latest video game or smartphone or you didn't plan for Christmas. Those are things that you should plan for and money should be allocated for that. So instead, decide together how to budget for the things that your children need and want. And discuss the possibility of maybe establishing chores and a commission for the work that they do. This can help them establish a great work ethic, all while teaching them money management. So the shortest answer on how to handle your finances in your relationship is, it depends. Every relationship is different. So discuss with your partner your views and goals and come up with a game plan together. Whatever you two decide is best for your specific situation is cool. Just make sure that you talk openly, honestly, and often about your finances and that you both work as a team to reach your financial goals. If you follow these tips, managing money in your relationship will be a piece of cake. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, share the podcast with your friends. If you want more money talk, you can visit the blog at www.themoneytalk.net.
Stay tuned every Monday for new episodes.